stand in awe of who you are. And Father, we love you. We live for you. And I pray, Father, that as we continue in worship, in word, Father, and I pray that you will, through your spirit, just come and reveal so much more of yourself to each one of us, Father. I pray, Father, that this word will take us into the more that you've asked us for, Father, into the more. And I pray your anointing over Rian through your spirit, Lord. And it's such an honor to have them with us. And I want to thank you, Father, for them. Brothers and sisters, start your peace. <laughs> such an honor, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. It's it. So, goeiemorgen allemaal. So, vir die wat my nie ken nie, my naam is Rian Jacobs, um, my vrou Helen, sit daar so, ons het drie klein dochterkies, um, en uh, een en een biekie, vier en een biekie, en ses en een biekie, ok? Um, en ach, dit is so'n blessing net om hier so te wees, Charles Renske, saam met julle in die span, um, ek het twee van my eie elders, wat die so saam was, Enrique en Lizette, his wife, and then Clinton Alette, hy, hulle is daar so aan die achterkant, en dan een klomp Amazing Saints, wat um, al een paar keer gedisappoint was, as ons sê, ons kom so al in dam toe, en dan is daar lockdown, um, en dan kan ons nie so al in dam toe kom nie, so dit is great dat ons eventually uitgekom het, so ek moet net sê, voordat ek begin preek, um, is dat, in, toe ek in so al in dam was, wat crazy is al september, september was vijf jaar gelede wat ons hier so getrek het, um, tyd het gevlieg, maar um, toe ek in Swellendam was, was ons gesien as die Engelsman, um, oom Hein het nog gereeld vir my gesê Engelsman, um, maar in die kaap is ek nie die Engelsman nie, okay. in die kaap is ek die boerkie, <laughs> so, so ek het een klein bykie van een identiteitskrisis, um, Ja, <laughs> even in my eie huis, my vrou is Engels, ex Afrikaans, ons praat net Engels met mekaar, en dit is, um, ja, my woorde raak delicious, baie vinnig, ok. So, ek gaan probeer Afrikaans en Engels doen, maar ek denk, um, as dinge begin te vloei, dan kom die Engels redelijk makkelijk uit. <laughs> Gebroek is soos wat het is. So, verochend, net voordat ek um, weer eens begin preek, het ek een woord net gevoel vir twee mense. Ewert, waar is Ewert? Ewert is in Bonnyville. Ok. Ek sal vir hom woord stuur. Um, so dit is fijn, of vir die elder stuur. En dan um, Chris, Tian en Stalita. Nee. Ek het gevoel, die heren um, wees vir my, of sê, smeer soos een stelling, wat hy vir my sê, watch the space. 
En ek nie draarig gevoel die Heere het iets oor jylle lewe. Ons een banner wat sê, watch this space. En ek wil jylle encourage, um, en net dit wat die Heere vir jylle het, dat jylle jylle self sal submit in jylle leiers, en dat jylle die proces van lewe en liefde en huismaak, dat jylle net dit oop sal, sal, sal hou, um, en leiers rondom jylle kan kry wat sal kom, kan kom input gee, en, um, en jylle sal kan lei, en ek geloof die Heere het iets speciaals vir jylle, jylle is amazing couple, en ek voel nie die Heere sê, watch this space, amen? And so Father, we just want to pray for Christian and Talita, and we just pray, Father, we thank you that you put people into different places, into different times, um, where you've got a specific thing for them, and your word says that you've got good works um, planned for, for all of us, um, but for them specifically, God, we thank you for your will. We thank you, Father, for your plans over their life. And we pray, Jesus, that you will come and that you will bring it into fruition, God. I thank you that we can be confident of this, that you are far more uh, invested in us being faithful than even in the desire that we have in our hearts to be faithful. And I pray that for them, God. I pray that you, will, you are invested in them. And so we want to say, watch the space, world. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So, um, vir ochend wil ek met ons praat oor hoekom, why. Now, why is different words, it can mean different things at different times. And I've got a little bit of a meaning that I was looking at um, in, die, in die dictionary, um, oor wat, hoekom of why, wat beteken het. En het eerste van die ene explanations is, for what cause, what reason, or what purpose. So when somebody does something, you sometimes go, oh, why? Why did you do that? Like, seriously, these, uh, you could have done so many other things. Why? Okay. But then there's another, way, there's another um, side to it, and it's called a baffling problem. It's like it's really, it's baffling. And there's a word connected to that that says enigma. Now, for Afrikaans people and even for some English people, I've learned they don't often use this word. So don't feel out of it, Afrikaans guys, because um, even English guys don't sometimes know how to spell um, English words. So, but enigma, an enigma means this. It's something that is hard to understand or explain. And this morning, I want to put two whys into you and in your head and in your heart. And the first why is related to you, that this is for you. For you to fat in your heart, or my frog van who come of why, or to fat in dom to work. But then is there a other who come that I can in your hand will place. Not for you to hold me, but for you to give this out and out to live in the world outside. So it's something for the inside and something on the outside. Okay? It's not on top, but on the inside and the outside. Okay? Kremora. So for the other people, okay. And I believe God, this is something of a time that God is asking this question of us. I love that word, I don't know him, Quibus, is it Quibus? I love that word that he, that he brought about not sticking to the mold. I'm somebody that does like to break the mold. And even sometimes in breaking the mold, we fall into a mold. 
And so I'm always asking this question of why. Why am I doing this? Why do I believe this? Why do I do it like that? Or why do they do it like that? And it's something that I believe that God is asking me. Because God didn't ask me, this is for me, to be somebody that just sits in in the train and goes where the train is going. But God actually, um, on the inside, I'm a four by four. I go anywhere. And I want to go anywhere. And this morning, I want to encourage you to be a little bit more four by four than what you are a train that's on a track. And the train can't climb off the track. It only goes where the track is going. And actually just ask, why? Why am I doing this? Mark sense? Okay. So I want to start off with reading uh, Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. And it's a scripture that we, we all know very well. And it says this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him, and it's speaking about Jesus, asked him a question to test him. And they were trying to catch Jesus out. They weren't really trying to hear what is it that he has to say. They were actually just trying to trick him. And he said this, the, the, the Pharisee said this, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus saying to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And if we stop right there, what Jesus is saying there it comes out of the Old Testament. And he's, he's bringing the Old Testament and he's saying like, you know this to be the truth. You know that this is what have been taught to you. This is what have been been." built into you since the day you were a little boy. Now, Pharisees, they, all of them, they worked from the day that they were born till about 13 years old. They would go and study the first five books of the Bible because that was kind of Moses' law and the Pentateuch and all those things. They would study those things. And then at 13 years old, they would decide who kind of is the best and they would choose them. And the rest, they would send them to go do what their parents did, the carpenter, uh, whatever else. What was Jesus? He was a carpenter. Yet when he was 12 years old, he was sitting in the temple teaching the Pharisees great mysteries. And so in that picture, there's something that God is already placing in us and going like, he's not looking for somebody that looks all the right ways on the outside, that, that, that's got all the, the chappies and the things on their shoulders to go like, I am chosen, I am good enough, I am, he's not looking for that. He's looking for everybody. And to be everybody, you need to be a nobody. To represent everybody, you need to be a nobody. And that's what he came and that's what he did. And so he says to the, the Pharisees, hey, I actually see what you're trying to do to me here. But I'm going to mention to you this thing. It's, it's, and we're going to see why he mentioned it. He says, like, I'm take, bringing the Old Testament. And so the Pharisees go, oh, okay, okay. And then he adds this. He says, and the second is like it. And they've never heard this before. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And that word there, depend, is so important. See, Jesus' ministry didn't come to replace the Old Testament. No, it came to take what 
God has done in the Old Testament. And in the New Covenant, make it its fullness that it was meant to be. Come to give understanding. Come to breathe life in it. Because in the Old Testament, it was all about what I do. It was all about the mold. There was a mold to worship God. You can't just come like we're coming here this morning singing and coming to the presence of God. No, no, no. There was no like, like that. There was a high priest that was wearing a robe, and he had to do all kinds of sacrifices and baptisms and things and wash him and clean himself so that when he comes into the presence of God that he doesn't die because that was God's way. And so Jesus comes and he says, it's no longer this one stuck thing. No, no, I want to bring you into something new. It's old, but it's new. It's the same, but it's different. But it's got to do not with the do and the don'ts. It's got to do with life and death. When we go back into the Garden of Eden, we see two trees. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, we all know that one, and the tree of life. And Jesus, God, not Jesus, God said to the, the Trinity, so it's, you get what I'm saying. God said to Adam and Eve, I want you to eat from the tree of life and all the other trees, but this one of the knowledge of good and evil, die kennis van wat is reg en wat is verkeerd, wat mag ek doen, wat mag ek nie doen nie, wat is binnen die boksie en wat is buiten die boksie. The knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong. I say, I can't even eat from dieting yet, me. And then the devil comes in and he goes, "Hey, you know why? Because God doesn't want you to be like Him." And in that moment, when they take a bite out of that fruit, all of a sudden, the box is there. I'm naked. <laughs> Shame comes in. They start hiding away from God. And the box is there. And now there's a way. See, because God's heart from the beginning was something that is life. It's that you feel. It's what you, what you experience. You know that, that feeling of life. And he wanted us to be guided by that. But sometimes that doesn't always look the way it's meant to look. It comes in different ways and in different forms. And see, Jesus, in this statement, he's actually wanting to bring us back to that place where we won't do and not do because of right and wrong, but we do because of life, because of relationship, because of love. See, love comes and it bubbles up inside of us, and it causes us to do great things. And he's the source of love. And he wants to come and he says, like, I want to make a new way. So, why? The first why. Is why your own heart? And something about our hearts is, our hearts are very deceitful. And we can sometimes make things, and even like this, this, this morning with the word that came about the worship, we think that because we're not in a traditional church, we think that everything that we do sometimes is life. But actually, even in a church that is full of the Holy Spirit and full of 
new and wonderful things and we wear jeans and short pants and we've got a band and it's coffee. Even in those things, we can hold on to those things and they become a religion to us instead of being life. They become a right and wrong. You can and you can't. And God is actually saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to believe that even for a second because you'll be missing me. You're stepping out of where he is. And Swellendam, I want to put this thing in your heart, this question, and I want to ask you, why? Why are you here? Why do you come to church? Why do you go to community? Why do you give yourself to the elders? Why, 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 why? Why do you do this? In lockdown, I think all of us realized that there were certain things in our lives that has taken kind of precedence over other things, but these things were not really important. We realized we made certain things important that was not important at all. And I know for me, it was such a feeling that even in the 50 people that we could get out of the, the big lockdown, and you can meet that first time, it's everybody's masks, and we had tape on the ground, and it was so controlled, don't touch anything, just because everybody was scared. And, but even just that 50 coming together, it, I, like, I cried because of how great it was. Because I know that this is what God has meant for us to be. The children, His people, His church to be together. That's the thing that matters. It's not how we are together. It's not whether we have coffee or not coffee. It's not whether we wear masks or don't wear masks. It's actually the fact that we get to sit and be together and speak about the goodness and the greatness of God. The things that He's done in our lives, the things that He's, that he's made new, the places that He's taken us out of that was difficult and, and dark and and he's bringing us into this light, and we get to share it in amongst the saints. That's what's important. It's our togetherness. It's not the way the band looks and the sound sounds. It's like, no, we can get away with all those things. But if we lose the togetherness because of the band, or is the sound is too hard, or I've got to wear a mask, then we have to realize we've veered into this area where it's about right and wrong instead of the life of God. And I want to ask you as swell and dumb about that. And there's two areas that I felt the Lord highlight to me. I'm not saying this is everything. I just say this is some of them. <laughs> um, and so Luke 16, verse 10 to 13. Let's read it. One who is faithful... In very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay? That's a big one. <laughs> Our finances. 
I want to ask you this morning, a place for you to see whether you eating of the tree of life and eating from the tree of good and evil or bad and wrong, it's actually your finances. You need to be asking, why am I spending my money the way I'm spending it? Why? Why am I giving money to this and to that? See, because money is a funny thing, and we go, we're going to just go a bit later on on why, but money touches our time. It touches our everything, because everything is about money. One of the things that I've heard over this last while is that there's a commodity, and we're going to speak about that one just now, but, and I'm jumping myself here, but the, the greatest commodity that we have today, in our day, is actually our attention. For every click, for every Facebook like, for every website you visit, for every Netflix that you watch, there's a ticker of money that goes down in your bank, up in somebody else's bank. And so everybody is in this time wanting to get your attention. Because attention means money. And we pay for that attention, our attention, to be grabbed. Would you agree with me? And so I want to ask you this morning, why your money? Like, why do you spend your money on the things that you spend it on? Because you will see in those places where you, where you spend your money, you will quickly see whether your why in God, why am I serving God, why do I come to church, why do I love God, why am I a Christian, will quickly be revealed in that place. Because it will show to you the things that you value the things that you think is worth your money, which comes at a great cost, because it comes at the cost of time. It comes at the cost of your attention. And in that place, you need to ask the question, why? Because for every yes you say something to, there's something else you're saying no to. And I believe God is wanting your attention God is wanting that life that is within you, that is placed within you, that life, that the same life that rose Jesus out of the dead, that same life that is at work here, He wants that life to be blossoming and full of life in your life, not just one day in heaven, but here on earth. He wants you to walk in that life. Now, sometimes we can kind of pull it to the other side where we become so weird and Christian that we become of no good to the world out here. And we're going to, again, get to that. So your first place you need to ask why is why do I spend my money the way I spend it? What do I spend it on? I want to ask you, have you ever asked God to look at your finances and go, God, am I spending it in a way that blesses and honors your name? Is the way I spend my money bringing glory to you? That's a tough question. <laughs> I know I fail at it sometimes. Want that thing, that thing, those shoes, that, that. And then you realize, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I'm actually making my life something that it's not meant for. Second thing is your attention and your time. Matthew 23, verse 25 to 28 says this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. And so for them in that time, you don't touch the dead. It was unclean, so you don't go there. So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you, you are full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy and lawlessness. Time is money. And this is where I'm saying our greatest commodity in this day is our attention. And so what Scripture points to here is actually we can look all the right things. We can be the family that has got all the beautiful kids and a house and the car is nice and neat and clean and washed and everybody's looking neat. And we come to church and we sit in church and we worship and we come to community and we worship and we're part of people. But on the inside, we know we're not here because it's life and it's breath and it's water to a thirsty soul. We're just here because we're here. It's a thing that I've grown up in. It's a thing that I have to do to be a good person. In Afrikaans, many of you would know, I always joke with it in, in Edgemead, but groot christen, of so goeie christen. No, 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 there's no groot christen, there's no goeie christen. There's only Christian, or those who believe in Jesus and those who don't. And if our lives are that thing, our lives need to be that thing of where we say we believe in Jesus. And because of Jesus, I see the need to be together as saints. Because of Jesus, my money I know is not my own. I give it to Him for His glory, for His honor, for His kingdom. Because my life is sold out to His kingdom. Because he is my king. It's I have died and Jesus is the one living inside of me. So everything that I do needs to reflect that of his life. I'm not just coming here because it's the thing to do. Actually, God, I I don't want that for myself. I lead a congregation and I'm going like, if that's my heart... God, then you need to, I'm I'm not going to church. I'm either there because I want to be there and because I believe it's the place that you, Jesus, have called me to be. And not by doing anything or being anything, just by being together. God is not phased about, I'm a leader of this, I'm an elder, I'm a this, I'm a that. God's not phased by those things. God wants hearts. See, in Scripture, I don't know, I have it in my notes, but in Scripture, there's a story of where the people come and they ask Jesus, and people are busy um, giving money to the church, 
And in comes the rich people with all their money, and they're giving big amounts. So let's say a million bucks. And they're putting it there for the church, and glory to God, and everybody's singing, and say, well done, God. Well, well done. We like, oh, the church, look at these good Christians. And there in the back is this old lady that comes off the street. She's got five cents in her hand. In our money. I'm not paraphrasing, okay? Five cents in her hand. And as she comes, and she comes, she puts that five cents into the bucket. It's not going to buy the church a new door or even a toilet paper roll. But it's all that she had. And she gave it to him. And Jesus goes, that person, that is true worship. That is what I desire. Somebody that comes and brings it all. Not the extravagant. Not the, because Jesus actually says in that piece of scripture, he says, the, the rest, they came and they gave out of their abundance. She came and she gave everything. So my question to you is, why are you here? Are you giving out of your abundance to him? Because it's not to the people, it's not to the elders, it's not to Josh, Jane, and the name. No, it's to God. Your time, your money, your attention. Are you giving it from a place of abundance? Because it's what I've got available. Or are you giving it from a place of God? You are my everything. And everything I have is yours. I want to say to you today, if you can ask that question, even if you realize, if you realize, like, man, I'm falling short, and I'm, I ask myself this question a lot, and I find myself falling short a lot. I'm a short person, so... It's not difficult. But if you find yourself falling short, I want to say to you this. It's the same thing I prayed for them. God is more invested in making sure that you are faithful in Him than what the greatest desire that you have in your heart to be found faithful by Him. You hear that? I can't say it in Afrikaans, so... Just, it's here. It's here. <laughs> and I want to encourage you that if that is where you realize my time, my attention, my, then actually go, God, I'm sorry. See, but what we tend to do is we be like Adam and Eve and we actually hide ourselves. We start covering ourselves. And by that, we actually just make the problem worse. We start serving more coffee. And like, I don't want you to just come to Charles. Okay, I'll serve in kids' church. I'll serve in coffee. I'll serve in... No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that all your time you to neglect your wife, neglect your job, not do those kind of things. No. It's not right and wrong. It's not a pattern. It's not like a train track. It's coming to that place of where your heart, and not your garments, your heart is brought in front, in front of God and saying, God, I need your help. See, because that's what he sent the Holy Spirit for. And I, I know this. I know that this word is here for a reason. <laughs> I felt this word so strong for you guys. And I know that this is not something that, that God wants to come and just go, uh, that's not God's heart. No. 
God wants to point this out because the life that is found in Him is unlike anything that you have ever tasted and you have ever seen in your life. And you will never, ever find anything like it anywhere you go. I can guarantee that for you with my own blood. <laughs> I can say to you, there's nothing else. For myself and Helen, we had at moments where we go like, ah, oh, God, what must we do? Should we just get out of this and just... God has implanted His will into our lives in such a manner that we go, God, even if we die, we die. But we won't die doing something other than what you've called us to do. And I want to encourage you today, Swellendam, that this is God's heart for you, is that you live and breathe and find your living, your everything in Him. And this is the reason... I believe. And that's the second why. It's the why I want to give you. That's meant for those around you. I want you to think about the people, your friends, your family, co-workers. Or people asking why. Why are you so happy? Why are you always smiling? Why are you so generous? Why are you so loving? Why are you so gracious? Why is it okay that if people are unfair to you that you're not retaliating? Why? Do people go and go, why does your life look so different? I can't put my finger on it, but why? What is it that you're doing? What, what, tell me, tell me. And I believe that's the place where God wants to bring each and every one of you. If I look just over the church, God has done an amazing work, and so much growth, so much life, but I want to say to you, unless the whole of Swellendam is sitting here, our work is not yet done. Our work is not yet done, because one day when Jesus comes back, the opportunity for choice is out of the door. And his heart, his mission, his, his commission to us as Christians, as those who have received him, is to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. And each and every one of you sitting here this morning, you are a letter, a love letter from God to a people that are lost, that are broken, they're confused, they're alone, they're depressed, they're searching for something that will just give them that taste and a bite of love. Because all that they're finding is rules and regulations, disappointments, not being enough, not having enough. It's all they find. But yet here we sit, and each and every one of you are that love letter to them of saying, there's a God up there that doesn't care what you look like, doesn't care what you've done. He will come and He will make new. He will come and take what is dead and He will raise it. He will come and take what has been burnt to ashes and He'll make beauty out of it. That's His heart. And so I want to ask you here today, that you would go to be the salt and the light. John 17, verse 14 to 19, Amy. I've given them your word. And this is a, what's significant about this piece is that this is Jesus' last prayer before he's going to the cross and the whole process. 
it follows this. And he's speaking to the Father. And he says, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also might be sanctified in the truth. And sometimes we use this thing to even justify some of our finances and some of our attention and some of the things that we've fallen into boxes. We go, no, 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 I'm not of the world. I'm only in the world. And in that statement, we sometimes exclude the world, which was never God's heart. When you read that scripture rightly, you see that actually the place that Jesus is, is, is speaking from is saying, we're not of this world. It's not the destination. The destination is not to be not of this world. That is where we start. The destination is that we are in this world for the sake of Him. It's not a destination yet the, of the world. And we try and build our lives like, oh, my kids can't be, my kids can't be with those kids' friends because they are bad influence. Now, I want to say this. I understand that. I really do, believe me. But how else are we going to get mingling with the world outside there if we cut off every area where we are not connected to the world? How are we going to influence them? Now, see, God is placed inside of us something that looks so vastly different than anything the world has tasted. That why that I'm say, speaking about is not something that we formulate. It's something that is there. If we take a bite out of that apple, the life, I'm saying the fruit of life, not the apple. Okay, get that. But the fruit of life, what's going to come out of us is life. And when that comes out of us, people do ask the question, why? Why are you like this? The other day I had someone come up to me um, in the gym, and I'm always like in the gym looking, not always in the gym, but always when I am in the gym. I know my body looks like it, that I'm always in the gym, but <laughs> in the gym I'm always looking at like who's there, like God, do you have a word, do you have something? And so often I would walk to people and either give them a word or pray for them or ask them to pray for them. Um, and sometimes I get batted, like, pretty, like, clear, like, no, leave me alone, I'm jamming. Like, okay, cool, I'll pray for you in any way kind of thing. But um, and the other day I had somebody come up to me, and they're actually uh, a fellow Josh Jenner. And they come up to me and say, why do you know so many people in the gym? Like, I'm like, I don't know them. I just went, go up to them and I try and pray for them. <laughs> But even a fellow brother goes, I look at your life and I go, I see something that I don't understand and I want to know why. Why do you know all these people? Because it's a random people, it's a big gym, it's Cape Town, there's just a lot of people. 
And he's just like, he couldn't understand it. It was a baffling problem to him, an enigma. And I want to say to you, all of that is within you. But if we're going to think like, no, we're, we're not of this world, so we need to keep it safe, we need to keep it here, then we're actually going to miss out on where the power of God lies. I love that we pray for healing. I love that we trust God for these things. But healing and these things have been given for us so we can show of a kingdom that is not yet here. And show people that there's a God that can take whatever brokenness, cancer, AIDS, whatever it is, that God can, He's got the power, and He's got the power to change that thing. Not for them to be healthy, but it's for them to see who He is. See, healthy doesn't mean that I've got no sickness, all my finances, I don't have in the red, I don't have this, or, and it looks a certain way, I'm not eating sugar, I'm not eating bread. Like, that's not what healthy means. See, because this body, and when you read the scripture, it says this. Uh, oh, oh, I'm now gone back a little bit. Um, sorry. Where is that scripture? <laughs> if then you've not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? What is that true riches? It's eternal life. It's the power of God. See, money, we can do all of that things, but money burns away the, Jesus, the day Jesus steps onto this earth. Money, health, sugar, bread, TV, 3G, 5G, Corona, whatever you want to call it, all of it burns away, even my beautiful muscles. All of it burns away. And what's going to be left is what has been built in Him. What has been done out of faith? If we're not asking the question of why, we'll struggle to realize whether we're walking in faith or not. Because faith is not something that's just haphazardly. It's something very deliberate. And God is coming and He's saying, I want you to be salt. I want you to be the light. I want you to be in the world. Because you and it's like this, I want you to be in the world because you are not of this world. I want you to be life, I want you to be salt, I want you to be something that this world does not know, that it does not have because it doesn't have me. And I want you to go be that there. And that's why we need to ask that question of why. In Ephesians 4, and I'm finishing with this, Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, we know the scripture very well of what God has given, apostles, prophets, preachers. But it ends off in saying that He's given them to the church for the equipping of the saints. That's all of us. I'm not an apostle, prophet, preacher, teacher, maybe preacher a little bit, but we're saints for the works of ministry. It can't be the works of ministry if it's all done in the church. Now, that's just church being church and being loving God together. Now, works of ministry is on the outside. It's at your job. It's joining a club. I know Andrew, like, encouraged us, go join a club, go join a gym. It's at the work. It's at the shop. 
There's one thing about Swellendam that I treasure and miss so much. It's in Swellendam, you know where the end and the start of the town is. I was actually mentioning it to the two of them. And you can get to know the whole town just by going to Spar and by going to Checkers. I don't think we understand what a great privilege and opportunity that is. In Cape Town, you can go to the shop. I've got a pick and pay like a couple of hundred meters just from our house. I can go there every single day, and I won't see the same person there once. So it becomes a lot more difficult. And so I want to encourage you today. If God is coming and he's putting swelling down in your, in your hands, and he's asking, like, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to live? How are you going to be salt? How are you going to be life? Are you going to put the why in their hearts? That they go, why is that church, why, why, why is everything else around it looking dead? But in that church, these people, that's just, they're just different. And it's not about the name of Josh Jane, it's not. It's about the kingdom. It's about true life, true riches. God wants to come and he says, I've given this to you. Now go and go with it. So I'm going to ask us if we can close our eyes. The first why was, God, why am I doing this? I'm doing this out of, because I'm used to it. It's how I grew up. It's what I know. And I want to I ask you, just give you a moment or two. Just come and bring it before the Lord. your life and just say, God, here am I. I want you to take account of my life, God. Why am I doing this? Help me see, God. And this morning, if that is you, where you feel like, and I want to encourage you to go sit with us a bit longer, but if there's just even just one thing that you realize like, sure, God, I've been doing this, and I've been looking all churchy, and like everything is sorted, but actually, God, I, um, I've actually not been doing it for the right reasons. I've not been doing it because you are life and breath to me. I want to ask you in this moment... It just, you, just, you just come and that you would maybe stand with me. And in the standing, it's just to say, God, I want to give it to you. So if that is you here this morning, I want to encourage you to stand. Thank you, Lord. you don't feel pressured 
you can still go sit with God. But if there's that one thing, just give it to Him. Just in this moment, He's, he's doing something. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are busy working in our hearts. This morning, God, we don't want to look a certain way. We don't want to do just what is expected of us and what is asked of us, God. But God, this morning, we want to find your eyes looking into our hearts and speaking to us life. So God, anything and everything that's in our lives, God, that's holding us back and it's causing us to be less like a four by four and more like a train, God, that's just stuck to this road, God. We want to come and we want to give those things to you, God. And we say, God, you take it away, God. God, you've called us into a place of life and life in abundance. eyes closed. I want to say something on that. The thing about that is, in heaven one day, we're not able to walk with the voice of God anymore, because the voice of God will be there. There is something, it's opportunity that we have on earth, and only on earth, is the ability to walk with Him, the ability to see Him working and doing things in people's lives. And we can either have our ears open to that or we can just stick on the track. But there's life and relationship to be found here on earth that won't be found in heaven. And we want to give ourselves to that. So if that is you this morning, I encourage you, don't miss this opportunity just to respond to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. You come and you make new. You come and you breathe life, God. And so in this moment, I pray that you would breathe over each and every heart in this moment. That you would breathe your life, God, over every heart. You've called us into relationship. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. And then I want to ask us, Second, why? I want to ask us, if you are saying, God, I want my life to be an enigma. I want people to look at my life and go, Yo, I don't understand it. I want it. I'm scared of it, but I don't understand it. I want that why over my life, God. That my life would look different. That the people would recognize that I'm not of this world and they don't understand why I'm in this world. If that is you this morning, and you're saying, God, Jeremiah, I want you to use me, I want to encourage you, if you can just join the rest of us and just stand. Thank you, Lord. So God, I want to pray. And I want to encourage you, if you can...
had a dream about a month ago about a um, giant lemon, serum. And if you read about the properties of a lemon, um, it's useful for many things. It's got a nice fragrance, um, you use it for cleaning, um, it's got healing properties. There's so many uses for lemons. Um, and I thought about it, and, and then three days ago, my eldest dreamed about a sunflower seed. And I thought the same thing. It's, it's so useful. The flower is beautiful, brings joy to people. And sunflowers are such a joyful thing to me. And you can use the seeds, you can eat them, add it to a salad. It's, it's um, nutritious. You can make oil from it. But then when I broke, opened this um, lemon, it was full of maggots and other things that came out. And I said to the Lord, what is this? And then I realized that it doesn't help if you have a tree full of lemons, like a congregation full of useful people, but we're not holy inside, we're not healthy inside. Um, and the Lord wants to use us I, I thought this was just a personal word, but it's, it's definitely also for the congregation, if this is what Rian feels for us. So um, I just feel that if there's anything inside of us that we feel that we need to deal with, any sicknesses or, or glenyacalsis or whatever, um, we need to, to get it out so that we can be used um, for the purposes that the Lord has made us for. And... Um, the, the sunflower seed is, as well, Yusuf dreamed, it was on his arm, but he's, he's got a little parrot now, so the, the sunflower seeds are everywhere, and he thought it was just on his arm, so he started probeer um, and then when he got it off, also worms and things came out, and he was so upset, and I was upset. <laughs> Um, I just feel that we need to take care of the things that's inside of our hearts. It's preventing the Lord from using us. I feel that ons for jylle ruk so, so goeie woord in seisoen vir ons. En ek denk een van die goed wat maak dat ons sierlum en vrot is binnen is die feit dat ons nie hierdie vraag vraag vir ons self. Die feit laat ons nie vrouw hoekom nie. Want ek voel al in die gees die hele kwartaal lang. En het actie gekom van die vorige keer wat Moornijk omkeir het by ons. En een van die goed wat hy gesê het, wat hy ervaar het in die gees. Maar wat ons voel is een ongodelike vergenoegdheid onder ons. Een ongodly contentment. Contentness wat ons het that we actually feel that we've arrived in, in a sense, we actually feel that we're fine and our God actually wants us to ask the question why, why are you here because there's more it's not that we, we're not doing well, but there's so much more there's so much more keep on asking you the question every morning when you wake up, why God, why why did I receive the grace to wake up this morning why Edge meant, and just maybe just on what Charles and 
Lord, you need to share it. In each minute, we've challenged our, our people and we said, in life, there's things that happen to us and we tend to ask the why question in the wrong places. When st- bad stuff happens, why God? When I'm feeling lonely, why 